so I built a little uh, HTTP 203 podcast app um, in <laughs> testing that. Did we just talk about it? By yeah, any yeah, but I've got a feeling the podcast might go up before the video. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. you know, continuity. Um, and so I've I've heard the start of a couple of the podcasts, recent podcasts we did, like so many times, just in testing yeah. that app. And I think we started the last one and it's like, oh, Chrome Dev Summit's coming up, and we're stressed. But our voices don't sound stressed. No, I I feel like now I've we said this because we kind of knew what was coming towards us. We didn't yeah. actually appreciate the gravity of the things that were about to hit us in the face. Yeah, this is what stress feels like. Yeah, I haven't had this in a while actually. This is like agency life. Kind of for me, like where you have like a proper deadline and you have like eight million things that need to get done by that deadline because yeah. there's no way this deadline can move because it turns out like the venue is booked and we have to be on stage. Yeah, it's a hard deadline. This is um, I uh, when I when I worked at the BBC, which I feel I've mentioned in the past like four podcasts. Uh, <laughs> to company people, did you work at the of. BBC? I did work at the BBC. Yeah, <laughs> but people like when I was going to work at an agency in the job interview, they they were said, oh well, our you know agency lives are different. Our deadlines are very you know tight. Mm. And I was like, at the BBC, the deadlines were tight. Like, did have you ever heard of a TV show that was put back because the website wasn't ready? <laughs> you know, we we had hard deadlines there. Yeah. Um, but this this is, I mean, because we've got this, we're building this image compression app that we're going to talk about again. CDS, yeah. <laughs> Start still going. Got to get that finished, man. I mean, got to get the talk together. Which uh, thankfully, Mariko's doing uh, a lot of the heavy but lifting. Also, for. you are on the hook for MCing. MCing as well. Big web quiz, which. You took on yeah, the design. Yeah, I, I built the engine. Paul Lewis built the made it purdy. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Um, I was because uh, we sort of organized that and we talked about what it was going to do, uh, and we started like divvying up the workload for that. Um, the project was essentially taken away from me by you and Paul, and I felt bitter for about three seconds okay. until I realized I didn't actually have time to do I, this. That, that's, it's a discussion so. I had with Paul. We're like, you actually have yeah. because you also we also have TPAC. Next week, yeah. So this oh. kind of gives away when this was recorded. Yeah, just for <gasps> TPAC, yeah. Um, which is a really TPAC is great, but it, this year is in a really unfortunate time because it's literally one and a half weeks away from CDS. Yeah. So we are in the middle of a like stressful crunch time, and then TPAC comes along and they want to talk standards, which is probably the most slow-moving discussions you can possibly have. Yeah. I, I think for a lot of them, I'm going to be sat in the back doing the yeah. doing the CDS work. Same. I, I'm already oh. like trying to divvy up my time between where do I actually need to pay attention, where can I get away with working on my slides a little bit because yeah. I'm I'm behind already and it's it's stressful. It's which is a, a bit of a waste of a seat at CPAC in some respects, but but also you're kind of the uh, chair of the service worker group, aren't you? So that one I'm not going to work during. I think that'll be yeah, noticed. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, they'll, they'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, some of the others. It's just like CDS is a hard deadline. Well, I mean, I, I hear a lot of tiny violins being played yeah, by people listening to this. Oh no, look, have, these guys actually have to work for this, this time yeah, around. For once, they have a deadline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of stressful, I had oh. quite the experience. Um, so I ha was signed up to be in New York for TC39. Because I wanted to talk about my JavaScript blocks proposal. So, I, so I'm so excited about this. So we uh, we save stories up for the podcast. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. And this is one that you have refused to tell me about yeah. for weeks now. And I have been dying to hear the details. So I'm, I'm, re I'm <sighs> really. OK, so New York to TC39. What's the plan? Blocks, I, had, I wanted to, like, I had a meeting planned with Rich Harris to talk about roll-up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see Mariko mm -hmm. and many things. And I was really looking forward to it. Yes. And so I 
packed my things, went to the airport already, as always. I, I have to admit, I'm, I have a good routine now with the airport and how to get there and be on time and be relaxed about it. So I'm not. H too how early do you turn up? I usually leave the house three hours before the flight goes, because that means I will arrive two hours before the flight. And if something goes wrong, I have a good buffer. Like yep. if, you know, for some reason, the express is broken, or I have to go, the tube is acting up, you know, all these things. And I like to have a good buffer. So far, if, I have to say, what could possibly go wrong? I know, e right? Everything's looking correct. And then if, I, if everything goes smoothly, I'll have some time to chill and get some food or something. It's usually quite nice. So I check in, and they notice that, uh, that in my passport, the page had my face on it. It's a little bit loose. Like basically, it's like it's oh. laminated and glued into the booklet, and like the top corner is a bit loose. That's the most important page of the. I know, book. but it's still laminated, so I feel like it's all sealed. And they said, so um, "Hang on, what, what we're talking about here is it's loose, as in the the laminate is peeling off." No, like so, it's still complete. The lamination is fine. It's still Solid sealed, lamination. but the, it's like glued into the book. So it's a page, right? So you have the booklet, and it's yes. like stuck in there. And basically, the I guess the the binding. It's gotten loose a little bit. So basically, one end, the one inner oh, corner, was a bit floppy. In, in a, inner corner, a bit floppy. Yeah. Right, that's okay. It. okay. And okay. I've been flying with this passport for months now. Mm -hmm. um, and they noticed it, and they were asking, like, is this okay? And mm -hmm. then they checked with someone else. They're like, oh, no, it's fine. Okay. And they let me check in. Oh. And all great. So I was like, cool, off we go. Right. And then apparently, there it was a storm warning. I couldn't see anything outside the window. Of, of a, it looked like a storm, but lots of flights got delayed. And so in the end, my flight got delayed too. Got pushed back. This is unrelated to the passport. No, it's not. Okay, I, I thought I thought like maybe it was so loose that, that passport was flapping around so much <laughs> it generated no, it's a storm. Like the trees weren't even moving outside. Okay, but um, okay. I sat on the lounge and saw my flight getting moved back and getting moved back, and so in the end it racked up about five hours of delay, which mm. is quite substantial. But then yep. finally they announced boarding, so I did the whole minus four. And went minus. Four. We should talk a bit about mi minus four. We might cut this. So, so, so Heathrow had, has um, three satellites. I think they call them right. The yes. Terminal Five has three satellites. So you have Terminal Five A, Five B, and Five C. Yes. Sometimes your flights go from A, which means you can just go there. But if you go from Five B or Five C, most people will go on the little shuttle train that takes you just to be the shuttle train for losers. Yes, because yeah. the cool people go into the elevator and press the scary minus four button, mm. and you get to the underground walk. And yes. it's either like your last little bit of exercise before you get into a plane or a nice leg stretch after a long flight when you get out yes. of the plane. That's usually what I do. And so I walked over, I arrived, boarding gets delayed even more. Uh -huh. So now I've left the comfy lounge and now I'm sitting there, which is fine, but also why did they call us to come if they can't board us? Which like, yeah. it's, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel like uh, airport logistics are actually really hard behind the scenes, so it's really easy to, to give them... So much swears <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to judge them for it. Um, so yeah, so then they finally start boarding. I walk in, and then at the boarding gate, again, they look at my passport, notice the floppy corner, and they're like, mm. ooh, hmm, I'll have to ask. And I was like, yeah, sure, go ask. They asked before, and they said it was fine. So Who did all. they ask? You? Because you, if, if, so if you turned it down yourself, then you made a very big mistake. <laughs> so I check, and they asked some person from BA. Right, OK. At the check-in, though, they called Homeland Security in America. Oh. And that made, apparently makes a bit difference because they're like, no way that you can get into America with this passport. But they, over the phone, I, I imagine the degree in which your passport was uh, damaged was not clear to them. Maybe, but basically right. what Homeland Security said is, this has been tampered with and is, oh. as inva is invalid as a document, and they can't let me board with this. Oh, no. So I was denied boarding, and that uh. was sad. 
I mean, so, it, it could have been worse. You could have got to New York and then be... And then be denied entry yeah. into the country. That would have been yeah, much yeah. worse. And okay. so I was annoyed. So we're talking, we're talking probably about a, a not point. Six or seven on the annoyance scale. Yeah, I mean, I was I like immediately cancelled my my hotel reservation because I I was still within cancellation policy, so yeah. I didn't have to pay for that. Good thinking, safe uh, I say I asked my manager if I have to worry about like paying for the flight myself now because and he was like, oh. oh no, this is this is really annoying. So don't worry about it. We'll help you out. That was really nice. I'm really glad about that. Yeah, you um, probably shouldn't use a fake passport though. I think that's the, <laughs> the main mistake you've made. It wasn't fake. <laughs> uh, all right, so they told me that I they would get out my luggage, put it on the belt, and I would just have to go back, go to the luggage reclaim area, and mm-hmm. I could go home. I was like, okay, that's annoying. So I walked back via minus four. Oh, you got to do it. Well, at least you got to do that twice ah, in one day. Great. I've never done that twice and in one day I, before. So I arrived back at the main satellite, A, mm-hmm. and tried to figure out how you get from the departures area to the arrivals area, oh. which I thought would be easy because if you want to get in and just want to get out, that should be easy. But it is practically impossible. Just what if you went through security, but you were walking backwards? <laughs> Just moonwalks. They might not notice. Well, I didn't want to go back out through security. I wanted to go to the arrivals area because that's, oh, that's where my where luggage is. Yes, oh. I wanted to go to the belts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I asked one of the BA help desks, and they, they said that I need to fill out a self-landing form, which I did. Well, I would say in order to land, what? you would have to have taken off. Well, I just jumped a little. You just jumped a bit. Okay, no, just, no, that's just, right. that, just that's, to make it work. No, okay, that's the yeah. So I filled it out, and care. then the, she wanted to have back the form and my passport, and she took my passport. And she, like, and she didn't accept your passport, and, and like, you've been in the airport ever she was since. Like, that's that's broken, mate. I was like, I know. That's why I was denied boarding. And then she was like, <laughs> you tried to fly with this? Really? She's like, she actually made fun of me. She's like, she took my passport, showed it to her colleague next to her, and we're like, can you believe that I went through check-in with that? And he was like, really? Oh. <laughs> that's that's absurd. And I was standing there, literally the past three months I've been flying with this, not a single immigration officer has even batted an eye at my passport. Uh, and suddenly, it's obvious to the world that my passport is completely unacceptable. Oh, no. And that, that really, really annoyed me. And so I filled out the self-landing form, and then I had to sit down and wait for an escort uh-huh. to get me from the departures area to the arrivals area, which is like really weird path through all the back alleys in the airport, oh. multiple security checkpoints, because apparently you're not allowed to take this path, it's per- right. and literally every of these checkpoints was like, your passport, mate. Yes, I, yes, I know. I know. Thank you very much That's why for, I'm not for in New rubbing York it right now. even more. Ah. Okay, okay. All right, so, you're, so you made it So I finally made it through. Right. Immigration also has to happen again, which they pointed out to me that my passport is broken. So you couldn't get out of immigration and you're still there right now. No, they were fine. I no, okay. let me through. They were like, fill in another form. <laughs> So I finally got to the reclaim area. They told me they would put my luggage on belt eight. And so I sat down at belt eight, and they told me it would be 30 minutes. And I waited, and I waited, and some other flight was also on the belt, so people were reclaiming their baggage, but mine just wouldn't appear. Is, and after 40 is minutes... Is it in New York? What is it? Did it? Did it? Uh, that was my fear as well. Yeah. And so after 40 minutes, I stood up and went to the missing luggage counter thing and asked. I got asked, like, I was the client boarding, which I had to say every single time. So at this point, I had no shame in saying it anymore. I got the night boarding. I was told my luggage would be here. Where is it? And they were like, oh, could you have the number? So I gave them a little sticker they put on your boarding yeah. pass with a number. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it got put into storage. We'll have right. to get it for you. Okay. Like, okay, it's going to be 30 minutes. <sighs> Christ's sake. So I sat back down, yeah. waited 30 minutes. Belt is empty by now. Everybody has claimed their luggage. Mine still isn't there. After 40 minutes, I go back. And I'm like, uh, I was told it's 
going to get out of storage. Yeah. You're like, oh, what is the, the, the luggage number? Here you go. And again, she dialed the phone number. Oh, it's been put into storage. Again, it we came have to out, get it for you. Put it back in. It's going to be 30 minutes. <gasps> <laughs> so I sat back down, waited 30 minutes. At the 31st minute, my luggage arrived. I <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's some you know people in the background there, just like we're going we're gonna to leave it to the 31st minute to see if this guy just <laughs> loses. I it. had thrown a beard at that point. <laughs> yeah. So um, finally, get my luggage. I go back home. I, at this point, I had spent 10 hours at the airport because yeah. flight delay and everything adds up. I come home, nobody's home, which is expected because my partner told me that she would be at a friend's birthday party, and I was going to say, and you'd taken you with you, so. <laughs> And so if you like, turned up and you were there, then that would have been weird. It'd have been very weird. Like, yeah. and and because the duplicate Sermo would have expected you to be in New York, for I know. A week, he was ready to take the, over the your life. Boyfriend is a clone of this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, no one home. No, no one, one home. home. So, that, that I call, so I called my friend from Berlin. And was like, "You up for playing some stupid video games?" I'm like, "Yes." Just frustration, and we played. Turn eleven. Frustration is a board game, I think. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Turn twelve. Turn eleven. I I've sent obviously all of this. I sent. Like blow by blow reports to my partner, being like, you know what, you can't, you won't believe what just happened to me. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. she hadn't replied. I was like, um, okay, just, that's she's just sick of your. No, yeah, like she said before I board, like she would take a nap, and so I didn't expect her to reply straight away. But it's been seven hours since she went to sleep. Like at some point, she must have gotten up, went to the birthday party, and read my Hang messages. On, the, the, the birthday party? What's the party that she was at? Wh- oh, why oh, why she wasn't at right. home? Yes, so okay, she must I have gotten it. up from that nap yes. and read my message, but she didn't, or at least didn't reply. So I was a bit confused by that. Anyway, so I was playing with my friend, and it turned 11, turned 12, it turned 1 a.m., and I still hadn't heard from her, and she still hadn't mm. gotten home. Big birthday party. Yeah, Con- really wild or something. Yeah. And so I gotten a bit worried, then I realized, where actually, where, where's my dog? Where's the dog's bed? Why oh. is the dog's bed gone? Dog gone to the birthday? Was it dog's birthday? Like, who's... Uh, Just a friend of his. And, like, you wouldn't take... She said you would take the dog, but not the dog bed. And that was really confusing to me. And at that moment where I had this thought, I got a message from her. She was like, wait, you're at home in London. I'm like, yes, I told you. My flight got, got the night boarding. She's yeah, like, yeah. I flew to New York to surprise you. No. Wait. So she, she was at well, the... No. She just landed. But why didn't you see each other in the airport? Well, she booked everything to be two hours behind me. So she was always traveling a bit behind me. Oh, so she was getting a different flight. Yeah. And so she was two hours behind me. I didn't know about any of this. But you would have been in the airport at the yeah. same time. Yes. So she actually took, sent me a picture of me sitting at the gate waiting because she snuck past me to board her flight, which but, is now ahead of me instead of behind me. So n- nothing... So there would have been a point where you were told you were denied boarding and... She would have still been at the airport. Oh, uh, no, because I got delayed so far that the flight that would have been trailed me was now ahead of me. So when what? she was taking a nap, she was on her flight taking off, basically giving her an excuse to not read or receive my messages. That's unbelievable. And lucky me, I cancelled the hotel that she was banking on staying in. Of course, because she would have been to stay. Um, so she was so in she's New York. Just in, she's in New York now, and she's got nothing. She got nothing. She's in New York, <laughs> no place to stay. You're and the I mean, worst boyfriend. <laughs> And as you might know, New York is not necessarily a cheap place to stay. No, it's not. Not not the, the zero hour. And, um, so I like, oh my god, I need to fix this somehow. So I, uh, <laughs> we booked her a, a hotel for one night because my plan was okay. I'm gonna call the embassy first thing in the morning and yeah. see if I can get a temporary passport. They yes. get them in like 24 hour turnaround, kind of thing. And I just, I, I, just I say yes, like I like I've done this, but I haven't. Like I just, so I just wanted to get a new flight. And yeah. I uh, called the embassy and like, 
uh, yeah, you can get a temporary passport, but America is one of the only countries that doesn't accept temporary passports because America. Oh, so you can get a temporary passport, and but you I can go to America, and, and they'll turn you away. You go back, yeah. and you've done that. And so, so I was like, OK, what about a real passport? That's four to six weeks. Right. That's longer than you probably want your girlfriend <sighs> spending in New York without a hotel so room. That, and then she told me that she actually flew in her mom to New York as well and booked <laughs> tickets for Avenue Q. Your family were there. Everyone you know was and there. And I was just sitting That's there surprise alone in my part. apartment. <laughs> do you want to do that line again? <laughs> Some <of my> sweater. <laughs> I think it's entirely justified. We might so just believe that. <laughs> So I was just sitting there in my apartment at night, not even my dog there, <laughs> and just l- reading Where's her... Where's your me- dog? Uh, with Ben, our colleague oh, from Android, who loves my dog, yes. and who was absolutely chuffed about both the plan of my partner and oh, the opportunity to have my dog. <laughs> and so I was just there, and th- we didn't notice it. She, she had a couple of choices. She already had a flight back, obviously, which is now a week away. She would have for pay for a hotel for a week, which yeah. in New York is a lot of money. Yeah. Or you bite the bullet and try to rebook a flight with BA. Yeah. So we did a lot of math, and it turned out that paying about a grand to rebook a flight is cheaper than getting a hotel for the, for the days in New oh York. So she God. basically got back um, <laughs> the day after on like a red-eye flight, and... Um, that was the worst surprise oh, that, that ever is... happened. Oh, now, now the issue is, as you might know, CDS is coming. Yeah. Oh, hang on. And yes, I don't and have you're... a valid passport. Uh, so, hang on. And so I obviously called the embassy like, okay, you said four to six for weeks. I'm going to get a passport. And I filled out all the forms because for some reason the birth certificate. So I got the original birth certificate from me, which I luckily still had, filled it in. And then after I sent it off, I realized CDS is in five weeks, wait. So, so I, I, hang on, what, what's our window? What's the... So I've, a passport takes four to six. But and it's in five. So it is a That's chance. That's in the middle of the range. <laughs> so I hand it off. Like, if, if, if things turn up at the 31st minute... <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So I was... I'm burned at this point. So I called them the next day. I was like, is there any chance we can still put it on the express thing? They're like, nah, we always hand it out. You just have to wait and hope. But like, can we just, like, can I just do a new application, pay for another passport, and we just ignore the first form and get a new one for Express, you're like, our system doesn't do that. Oh, no. Oh, and no. then I was really friendly. I'm like talking to you, like, I need a way to do that. I need a way to get to America guaranteed in like five weeks because I'm on the hook for like two dogs and Big Web Quiz. Mm. I mean, yeah. they don't know what Big Web Quiz is, but yeah. I'm just <laughs> throwing these words at them. And luckily, apparently, a supervisor visor was walking past her while she was on the phone with me and overheard what she was trying to explain to me. And he kind of leaned in. I could hear him kind of leaning in saying, like, um, if he travels a lot for work and his employer can write a letter that he travels a lot for work, he's eligible for a second passport. Oh, you're going to be Johnny Two Passports. I know, right? So I oh. was like, yes! I'm, and I was like, can we put that one on a fast track? And she's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. It takes two to three weeks. I'm like, it's just about enough. Just so again, filled out all the new things, paid for another passport, new photos, send it off, and... It, the, the, the two-week line is about to pass. So right now, you're still passportless. I'm still passportless. And there is a chance that it might... So it's probably going to arrive in time. Right. But but there's still more buts. It's still a Full new passport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new passport with yeah. a new passport number. And that means I have a to new apply. Esther. I need a new, a new visa, a new, new Esther US for America. Visa. And technically, they say a visa, can, uh, an ESTA can take up to 14 working days. Usually, it doesn't. But this is a new passport. I think I mean, the first time I applied, I got it within the same day. 
the Esther. But the new my, my worry is that I am now on some sort of like no, look, look thoroughly list because I tried to emigrate with a with a broken passport. Maybe I'm now one of the evil people, and they will want to do a proper background check on me. And they did tell Homeland Security. That's yes, so maybe they... it takes it does take 14 day now, working days now. If that's the case, then I might not make it to CDS. I'm so, starting to feel less stressed about my responsibilities at Trump <laughs> Dev Summit. <laughs> so at this point, I legit don't know for sure if I will be at CDS or not. That's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. It's like and all, what, all of the worst What's nightmares. even more fun, I have a talk to give about Houdini. Yeah. And you already volunteered to be my backup speaker. I, I did. <laughs> Actually, and I'd forgotten about that, so that I'm feeling stressed again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now invested in the same stress you have. It's uh. been the most... It's the most perfect sequence of unfortunate events that, that like, that accumulate in the biggest pile of crap you could possibly imagine. That's horrible, mate. I just so so. Hang on. So your partner managed to get a flight the same day. She flew out the day after because she actually had one meeting with a musicologist she wanted to talk to, which she still took, but then flew back on the day after. So one, one hotel room. So in the time. end, she basically posted a picture on Instagram saying, like, I spent 26 hours in New York. Uh, <laughs> so did she not just go to bed? Did, did she get a hotel room? Or she got a hotel room, yeah, okay. which was just 300 yeah. bucks a night. Right. Because that's something. It was, yeah, it's just, it was a very expensive, unsuccessful surprise. Well, I feel better about every one of my flying experiences now. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. So on the next podcast, I can then tell the story if, if I get the randomly selected extensive screening at ah. U.S. immigration. That was, that was a very, that was, that was an amazing story. It's a shame we now don't have time to do HTTP tour free. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> It's, it's we, can't, actually, we can't get in a little bit of web. It, yeah, right. a little bit, because I don't have a lot because of all of the other stuff I'm trying to get done. Yeah, we, we actually kind of forgot that this was happening today, wasn't it? So we were like, I didn't forget, what? but I still didn't have time. <laughs> so it, it's been a, this morning, oh, what have, what have I seen? What have I seen like, on the web recently? And the thing I have seen is Canvas. Oh, Canvas with, 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 with them pixels. With them pixels. Um, of course, Canvas has been around a while. Yeah, it's been... And I think it's actually still pretty underused because sometimes mm. when you have like effect, people like bend over backwards to implement it with DOM elements. That's me. That's, I do that. It's, it's just simple because then I can use it's not, transitions like if I and think animations. Of, there's CSS. like some spinners. If I look at the spinner that you put in Squoosh. I, yeah, but I got something. That's, that, well, could, that could be Canvas. Yeah, OK. That would, and it would be interesting to compare the performance, actually, for that. Yeah. Um, Squoosh? What's that? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an image encoding app that we're building. Building, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and on the, the spinners I did on the HTTP 203 app thing. They're the radial progress bar thingies. Yes, they're, they're uh, SVG. They're not Canvas. They're not Canvas. Why are you talking about them? Well, I was just saying it was easier to do it in SVG. I can understand why people don't use Canvas. That's, okay. the, end, that's the end of this segment. To, 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 no. to be fair, like, round things in Canvas I find frustrating because you only have arcs and circle? I never... Where's the circle command? And arcs parameters are so unintuitive. It's, yes, yeah. yes, it's irritating. But what I want to talk about is the newer Canvas stuff that's arriving. There's so new Canvas stuff? Newer Canvas stuff. So what's in Chrome now? And I think other browsers as well. I think it's, it's definitely in Firefox. Uh, it's off-screen Canvas. Yes, off-screen Canvas. I mean, that's, it's the same Canvas. It's the same Canvas. Same, same API. You get the same drawy bits. Yep. But actually, well, you go. What, what, what is new about it, Jake? I don't know. Tell me, please. Well, it's the same Canvas. It's got the same drawy bits. <laughs> but it's off-screen. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's in a worker. And that's, ah, the, so that's yeah. the nice bit. Um, you can construct it in a worker and use it to generate graphics and then 
send them over to the main thread, right? You send them over to the main thread. And so it's that you can do all your complicated work in a worker and then just send or you know, transfer the pixels across. Does it also do time. WebGL? So this is this is the thing about the browser support is we support 2D and WebGL. Uh, I believe Firefox only supports WebGL. Only WebGL? Yeah. Interesting. It's, it's part of their like, you know, thing to do games was their yeah. main focus. So it was WebGL. Um, I'm interested in it from doing things like image decoding off the main thread, which you should be able to do with just huh, normal cameras anyway. Why would you be anyway. interested in that? I have no idea. I have no idea at all. I mean, to be fair, there is um, image decoding. Actually, there is image.decode now, which decodes an image off thread, yes, which is good. Yes, it doesn't give you the pixels. No, sure. But I'm saying, like, yeah. for, for because there were, I think Paul Lewis a long while ago wrote a blog post where he actually decoded images in a worker with Canvas to basically not block the main thread with the decoding, which used to be a thing, that decoding yes. blocked the main thread. Now browsers just decode in a different thread under the hood. Yeah. But the second you want to get to the pixels or do some manipulation or maybe scale it um, to store less on disk or something, yeah. um, that becomes really handy. You're doing all the canvas work that's main thread based. Um, so yeah, yeah, do, do it all in the worker and then just send the done image. So do you have to like? Um, Create an off-screen canvas and then write piping to bring it on screen once it's done and send over image data. Or uh, you can transfer the canvas from the main thread to the worker and then just sort of operate on it in the worker. Oh, that's just magically. Does, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, so that could be good for that would be good for games where you have like the game yeah. logic probably running in a worker and you say like you draw on a canvas and it gets synced to the main thread. So you get request animation frame now in a worker. That's interesting. Which is one of the things that you would need for that. True. Um, yeah, you is, would need that. Which is pretty cool. I'm not sure how that works if you've got two monitors of different. Refresh rates, it may be figured. I guess it figures it out because it knows where the canvas is. I mean, yeah, Chrome already figures out the resolution as well. Like, you literally can yeah. move from high DPI to low DPI screen. It just works. Yeah. Exactly. But the, the, the problem is, it's a tab that knows that. Whereas if you're in a worker, you're not in a tab. So but it's associated which, with. It uh, is strongly associated with a tab. The renderer, so it should, it should work, I think. Yes. Um, so that's, that's the thing. I'm, I, I think it would be useful even. I think it's a big like, puzzle piece, honestly. Well, and there's other cases it unlocks, not just a performance case. It would be things like um, if you get a push notification mm. uh, in a service worker and you have like avatars cached, yeah. but you're, it, it's a group message, mm. you could construct a, an icon. True. Made up of those. Yeah, or like badging. Like, like there's five new messages now, so you're going to can, can change the. Exactly. Yeah, and you could do that and without having to go to the yeah, server that's actually and, super and, useful. and download that. Um, so yeah, so that, that's one bit, and we've got and, we'll and post you, an article on that. I guess you can also do like video transcoding potentially in a worker, maybe. Um, I mean, oh, if you had all the streaming stuff and everything. Maybe I mean, Canvas technically is able to play videos in a way, right? You can take a video element and just decode everything. Yes, but we don't have a video element in a worker, hmm. and that's so that that's the missing piece. There, media, a lot of the media APIs are missing from workers right now. It's something they're looking at getting, uh, and I think especially as you know, we'll start to do more media stuff that isn't real-time based. Yeah. I think that's when it makes sense to start having that in a worker. Yeah, that's going to um, be really cool. Because uh, right, right now, a lot of the media streams are based around sort of uh, WebRTC. So, like, it's all based on, you know, dropping frames if it's not real-time and that sort yeah. of thing. Whereas, like, video processing, yeah, you'd want that uh, in a worker. We have it with audio worklet where you can, like, do an uh, audio... Web audio API, not audio workload specifically, but web audio API where you can do an offline context offline to just context, generate yeah. audio. It would be cool to have the same thing for video because exactly. if you could like generate videos, like do a, like mini video editor, it would be so yeah. cool to build on the web. And you say there's, there's encoders in the browser already for web IPC, so yeah. why can't we access them for, for other stuff? That's cool. Uh, another canvas thing. Uh, oh, that's another one. Yeah, this one is super experimental, only in uh, Chrome behind flag sort of stuff. 
Um, That's sort of experimental. Ooh. Is they're looking at low latency canvas. Huh. And this is an option you would pass uh, in, into the canvas when you're, uh, I think it's when you're getting the context, mm -hmm. get the 2D context. Um, what, what, like, what makes it low latency? It, OK, so in terms of web standards, mm -hmm. what it does is it's, it, it sits outside the event loop. So mm. right now, you can only paint at that particular point yeah. in an event loop. And if something else is blocking, yeah, you actually batch up the, the draw instructions. And yeah. then I guess we partly they are even executed on the GPU. But whatever, like we just execute we a batch of draw calls. And then yes. And so it means that if you've like something has changed on the page, like yeah. the, the, the DOM painting is going to be synchronized with the canvas painting, which okay. is what you want in a lot of cases. Yeah. But it also can delay things going onto the canvas. And I yes, guess. it's batching up all of these calls. Sometimes it's batching up the whole um, image, right? It's a, a yeah. double buffering, right? Is that the, double buffering, yeah. You know these terms better than I do. Um, I mean, it's, it's, that's pretty much a gaming practice, because when the GPU renders, like at first it draws you know, the, the background, then the couple of polygons at the back. And so if you don't do bubble buffering, bubble, and bubble buffering. Uh, bubble buffering, double buffering, <laughs> and your GPU is forced to ship a frame because frame rate, uh, yep. you might have an incomplete picture. And then you get like this weird thing where you have tearing or you have like yep. things building up over a frame, even though you don't want that. So that's you have a buffer where they already build images in, and you build up the next frame in a separate buffer, and then you swap so, them. So this is the first one, ah. the one with the tearing. So it, you, you end up with just one set of bytes representing the image content of that canvas. Oh, cool. And so if, you're, um, you know, if you weren't using request animation frame properly, or you've got half of your thing drawn, mm. you will end up with half of the thing on the page there. Um, oh, so well, I mean, that first, it sounds like that's a step backwards. But in the other, on the other hand, it puts you in control, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, so it's useful for things like a drawing app, where mm. you're, you're taking stylus input and drawing it straight away. There's no tearing issue there. Yeah, and you really want as low latency as possible to make yeah. it feel as natural as you possibly can, right? Exactly. And I guess uh, also like in, in the day and age of where WASM is a thing, um, if you compile an existing C++ drawing library, it already has double buffering in there. Exactly. So you end up with double, double buffering. Double, double buffering. Double, double buffering. Quadruple buffering. Quadruple buffering. Oh. And, and so this is a way of opting out of that. And then you just keep the, the buffering that, that your game engine has. Oh, that's so, really cool. Uh, so yeah. And that is pretty much all I know about it right now. Like I said, it's, it's one of those things so that I sort of flew that past. I looked at a demo, and we'll post the links to it. And I was I like, ever oh. wrote an article about the off-screen canvas, which yes, we're going to link did. to. Yep, and we'll link to the demo of the um, uh, the canvas, the low-latency canvas. Who wrote which, that? Um, I don't know. Is it Kinlan? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's just he's just excited about it, isn't he? Yeah, he's just excited about it. It was done by the engineer who did the implementation. Oh, that's uh, good. Junov, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know their full name, but it's. Uh, it, it works. Uh, it crashed Chrome a couple of times for me, so that's how experimental we're talking. But it's really exciting, and it, I, because it's just a simple drawing app. I would love a side-by-side -side example, because I can't decide if it's like placebo effects that it feels faster. Because you know, I'm told this is low latency cameras. Like, woohoo! Look how low latency is that. That line really appeared on screen faster than I've ever seen it appear before. So I, you know, I, it's very, obviously very important for game engines and that kind of low latency. Yeah. I would like to see some science behind how much faster it is on like a, a phone, especially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's yeah, gonna be interesting. Things. Yeah, I've 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 I thought about as as a new section for our podcast. Oh, we could do a buzzword of the month. Okay. Or something you know something you know we our tech in general, but web dev specifically mm. suffers a lot from people creating acronyms and throwing them out there, and then they just 
develop a life of their own, and suddenly everyone is using AJAX and nobody knows what it actually stands for. Yes. Or serverless, or you know, all these things. Like, wait, serverless? Yes. PWA. <laughs> <laughs> it is a buzzword. It is a buzzword. It is a buzzword. And uh, honestly, we never had a good definition for PWA, so people kind of don't know what they're supposed to do if they want to be a PWA. Yeah. But another thing I've heard recently, and I'm not sure if Netlify people came up with it or if they are just pushing it, but there's a buzzword around the jam stack. Right. And it's a word I've heard, and I couldn't actually tell you what it means. So I, 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 Phil Hawksworth, who works at Netlify, yeah. I've seen him speak about it, and I exactly. feel I've heard you should be offended that I don't know what it stands for. I heard a broadcast as well, and he talked about it, and it was like, so basically what you're saying is common sense. And, oh. and now I looked into the actual website, and I found it really interesting because it's a good pitch, but I actually don't agree with it in that absolute way as it is presented. Oh, so, so like, I, like Ajax then? Kind of, yeah. So I, I, so I just I copied the, the definitions that they give and the explanation that they give, and how we could just talk about them because right, it's actually right. quite interesting because we have built things <laughs> in the recent past, yes, and we might have opinions. Okay. So, for context, Netlify, if you haven't used it, is a very, is a uh, to give an understatement, it's a static site hoster. Like yes. It hosts your static site, but yeah, it just integrates really well into your GitHub, and it has like tools for supporting forms and all these little things. And we're big fans. Like it, it integrates really yeah, well. Yeah, not with, sponsored. Like, not sponsored. That'd be nice. Why not? Yeah. I should get some. I do well, actually have a Netlify hoodie, so like, you well, know, I, I miss probably counts as being. Really? Dodgy. Uh, so let's start with the head. basics, yeah, I guess. The JAM stack, what does it stand for? So right. it's basically an acronym J, A, and M, and yep. that's your stack. And J stands for JavaScript. Yes, it's it a surprise. Yeah. And basically, what they're saying is like, like um, the J and Ajax. Good. any right. dynamic programming during the request response cycle is handled by JavaScript running entirely on the client. This could be any front end framework, library, or even vanilla JavaScript. They make it sound so absurd. Even vanilla JavaScript. No, you yeah, can, okay, that makes you sense. You can do that now. It's <laughs> absurd, isn't it? Okay. And I'm wondering, like, any dynamic programming during the request response cycle. Oh, so, so, so it could, so it could stand for not JavaScript. Is that what we're saying? No, but you know, it has to be handled by JavaScript. And I'm like, what's the alternative? How yeah. can you handle any dynamic programming? On oh, the, I see, I see. Right? So it's a bit, OK, cool. So it, the one part of the stack right. is using JavaScript. Cool. Then they're saying the A stands for APIs, meaning that oh, all so, so that stands for an acronym. Good. All yeah. server-side processes or database actions are abstracted into reusable APIs accessed over HTTPS, good, with JavaScript. Yeah. And these can be custom-built or leverage third-party services. OK. Sure. So you use APIs. That's something that has been around for a while. I mean, the someone thought of Jam and then thought of what words Maybe. these things could stand for. Anyway, OK. No, Let's I'll, M I'll try not to be a cynical. M stands for markup. Uh, yeah. And basically, templated markup should be pre-built at deploy time, usually using a site generator for content science or a build tool for web apps. So as cynical as I am about like the acronym, it's nice that Template markup pre-built at deploy time. That sounds like a really good thing, especially yeah. if you're going to have a server render. Uh, the JavaScript is good. The APIs are definitely a thing. It's, it seems so, OK. Exactly. Seems okay. So I, th I found it interesting, because the next section on the website is, when is something not jam? Right. And that's, I think, a really interesting way to phrase like, where do we draw Normal the link. line? And so for example, a site built with a server-side CMS like WordPress, Drupal, or Joomla, or Squarespace is not jam. So basically, what they're saying is—is is that because they're live generating markup? I guess like well, it feels like now that Jam is strictly opposed to server-side rendering. Well, that's a shame. Which I, which I don't necessarily agree with because yeah. it's such a big performance primitive for the first visit. And it's it's nice that they're doing static deploy. Yeah. But that's not always possible. Not like, always. No. For example, like, there's this image compressor that we're building. <laughs> um, which is completely static, but there and we have, I think, a pretty good. 
static site, but sometimes we will do. I mean, <laughs> it's on so, the list. so how, what they're saying is, in the Netflix sense, it's like instead of building it on the fly, they should they kick off their static site generation process every time the data changes. So for a blog, oh. instead of for WordPress, they generate it on the fly with PHP, right? Request comes in, PHP hits database, gets the most recent blog post, gives you a list of blog posts. Yeah. They say whenever you publish a new blog post, you kick off your build process and generate a new static site. Scalability issues there. So that's why, for example, Phil Hogwarts builds uh, a website with a clock that gets pre-built and uh, rebuilt every second. And I feel like I get it, but that's also... But, but, well, hang on, I mean, hang on. What was his point with that? I mean, because it, it he said like it scales. You can build inside every second, and our <laughs> infrastructure will handle that. And there, they have okay. some advantages we're going to talk about. But I feel like uh, I get it, and probably uh, lots of cases will benefit from it. But it shouldn't be. I guess what they, what we should be saying is the Jamstack might not always be the right choice. Right. It's a very popular yeah, choice yeah. right now, especially because it's so well supported. Um, because you can just drop your stuff in a GCS bucket or some storage thing, and it will just work. Yeah, I built a few projects recently that, that fit into this this bucket, yeah. like, into this definition very easily. The second example they give for something that's not a Jam All stack right. website is single page app that uses isomorphic rendering to build views on the server at runtime, which is an extension of the first thing. It so. seems very much like um, they're very they're very much against the things that don't run on Netlify's stack. <laughs> it's call, call me cynical. I ironic. <laughs> Um, and the third example is a monolithic server-run web app that relies on Ruby, Node, or another backend language. So basically, right. what they're saying is the Jamstack. And I have to say, they're not saying that the Jamstack is the solution to everything. Everybody uh, should enough. be using Jamstack. But I guess they're saying that is not Jam. And that's right. fair to say. Fair and enough. the Jamstack, I guess, has advantages where, like, OK, if you have no dynamically generated websites in your backend, but it's all static at build time, you have an easier time with caching because you can just yes, deploy absolutely. it to a bucket, get it to all the edge servers right away, yes. and no request will ever have to go back to your backend. And that can be a massive speed up. Yes. And if I, I my blog right now is not a Jamstack. Uh, Interesting. It's a uh, Python Django uh, setup. And I, it's on my list of things that I'll never get around to, but it, it would be to rebuild it as something more closely resembling a Jamstack, like something yeah. that would just be built from GitHub and then sort of deployed. Because I, I don't think I'll ever hit the scalability problem with the amount of articles in my blog. I've only posted a couple this year. <laughs> um, and it, it, it feels, I don't want to. My server goes down, so I'm a, my server goes down, and I never know why. It, I, I turn it off and on again. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just used up all the disk space. Use it with so for the Linux kernels it doesn't need anymore. And it's the kind of stuff I just don't want to have to deal with ever I know, again. right? Like, so you have yeah. Cloudflare in front, and if your server goes down, people can still read your stuff? Um, for a little bit. It's, okay. it's not long. Um, but yes, the Cloudflare is in front, and that handles like, if, a, if an article I write does become popular. Like, yeah. Cloudflare is taken care of. So that. just to be clear, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Jamstack. I feel like it, mm. it's, it's a good pattern. Um, I, just, I guess what I wanted to see is like it's an alternative. Like, not just saying this is not jam, but like when is it good to be not jam? Because sometimes it's I think it, it is appropriate. I think it must be in that scaling point, right? Maybe, like, yeah. Um, I mean, would they? I guess what they're trying to prove is like even a website that publishes multiple news articles a day, like a big newspaper. Could I think still, in BBC, right? Could, BBC could Guardian still technically be a Jamstack where it just rebuilds every time a new thing gets published. You would have to. I mean, if you made a change that was going to impact every page. Like you change the header, your build system must be really fast. Yeah, it's, and, and that, and that the, probably isn't possible. At, at yeah, all. not for the not for the amount of articles. Yeah, um, the, the BBC churns out a week. I imagine that's going to be uh, you know a tough thing for them to do. So I think that's a case where you want. You, I guess I guess is the when does the 
number of visits or number of articles you have changed. I, I'm trying to figure out my words here. There right? must be an inflection point in the build time versus how often you deploy, where it's like, at this point, it is not feasible to stay on a Jamstack, and I need right. just server-side rendering on and, it. And I think there's, there's a possibility that for things like The Guardian, BBC, they might have articles that are not going to be, might not be accessed between deploys. Yeah, because like really old stuff, mm. or will be accessed like much later. So after you the could deploy. optimize your build pattern to get m to delay the inflection point of staying on Jam. I well, guess. what I think we want is a gradual build process that yeah. is triggered by visits to the website, which is the up uh, is not <laughs> Jam, right? <laughs> it's the server build time. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, the one thing I really like about this is it pushes. If people issue the Jamstack and we make it a thing, we can just be like, you should be using a Jamstack. We will get more web apps that have an API by default. Because one thing I hate, and it's something that actually our Google products are also not good at, is providing an API yeah. for third-party apps to just build something against it and use the data or just give a better UI, show that it could be done differently. All these things I sometimes miss. And this would enforce that there is an API that you can use, because that's what it prescribes yeah. pretty much. Absolutely. And I find it interesting that we tap on uh, the performance, because that's another thing I've been thinking about how people think about optimization and performance in general. Mm. And I've been Do they think about it? That's the thing. I feel <laughs> like so I feel like um, I at some point it. on the web you you're bound to think about it because it's yeah. very it's it's sometimes it is too easy to just do it wrong and get horrible performance out of it and people yeah, yeah. will start yelling at you. But I feel like people falling into like three camps of how they think about it. The first camp is the the snake all camp. Just mm -hmm. apply snake all generously to areas. Like you heard uh, scrolling is slow. I must will change everything, and it will get faster. Oh right, yes, yes. So that kind of person just hear. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically rules, not tools. Yes. Okay. Where people just hear something like you shouldn't be using async functions because they're slower than functions, and they just hear rules. They don't right. question them and just use them. Yes. That's obviously not a good pattern to be in. I still see code where um, instead of using string concatenation, it's an array of strings that's joined because that was faster in IE6. And, but I still see code like getting published, and it's like and you, you, know, you question it in a code review, and it's like, oh, it's faster this way. It's like, not for six years. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. even if it was, is that we're going to get to yeah, that? Okay, okay. So the second tier I see, and that's I, I want to say the majority. I don't want to call anyone out or point fingers, but I feel like it's what I see the most on Twitter is people who do benchmarks. Okay, look for numbers, and if a number is smaller, then right. that must be better. And so they say yeah. like, oh, if I uh, arrow functions are smaller, or for off loops are uh, slower than old school for yeah. let i blah. Well, we we caught this recently in in the project we were working on. Like we had, um, I was using matrix objects. Yeah. Um, for for like pinch zoom effects calculator because it for me read really well. Yeah. Um, and I think the question came. It's like, well, why why don't we just do this with maths? And it's like, well, number A, I don't know the maths, uh, but more importantly, it would be harder to read. Yeah. Afterwards, so let's just use the objects that are there, and it's more maintainable. It is probably slow. Well, probably and that's slower. The thing. So, so people not, often yeah. tunnel on the micro benchmarks. I feel like, like, oh, if you use this thing, it's slower, and in Safari, it's even more slower than in yeah. other browsers. And like, I hear you, and you might, you're probably correct. Mm. But and I think like people should strive to be more in a third camp because the answer usually is it depends. Yes. Context is so important on the perform and the performance. It always depends on what you're talking about, yeah. and it's always a trade-off. Exactly. So you always trade off readability or reusability or uh, scalability or something is the trade-off for switching the technique. Yep. And you might gain performance on a micro-benchmark, but it might not actually help you. No, no it doesn't. So there's, there's two things there. On one hand, people like to optimize things that are not their bottleneck. Yeah, it's the inside of the loop, not the outside of the loop. That's the problem. That's, exactly. Yeah. So people, I think, 
the first rule is always measure. Like, see if you're optimizing, and the time you spend on optimizing that bit is actually giving you any notable advantages. Yep. So if I make my for loop over 10 objects faster by using a for let loop instead of a for off loop, um, sure, it might be faster. We are talking microseconds, and nobody's going to notice or have any benefit from it. Yep. So that's the first thing. The other thing is, like, readability is very important, for example. And I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> Readability is important. It is. Um, and it's more important. It's Performance matters. Remember that? Remember we Perf used to matters, say that? Yeah, Perf yeah. matters. Um, but only when it matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have my example back. If, you, if, you're still, if you're still hitting your frame budget. Exactly. If, if, if so it's, so if I think it's, thinking in yeah. budgets is super helpful, because as you might know, I've been looking into using workers more, moving off mm -hmm. the main thread. Um, and so when I hit a button, I now have to send a message to the worker and do my logic there, because my logic is now in a worker without the DOM, yep. the other thing, and then update the DOM by sending a message back. So if you measure that, yes, the response to a button tap will be longer, because there's an actual round trip and thread hops involved. Yep. And so people, there were some people who said, you shouldn't do that. It's slower. Right. And th that's, it's, it's not a good pattern, because it will make you app slower. And they're like, well, my reaction time to the button press went from 8 milliseconds to 16 milliseconds. Right, which is... And according, yeah. if we use some guidelines, for example, rail, I have 100 milliseconds to react to a tap. So I'm very much still within my budget. Yes. So the question is, yes, it's slower, but what did I gain? And you um, gained if it is expensive. If for some reason, yeah, the worker gets an expensive API response to parse, or the device is super slow and totally busy, mm -hmm. or something, Suddenly, it's resilient to all these little side effects and will keep the yeah. main thread responsive for the user can scroll and doesn't even notice that something is going on hmm. under the hood. Um, also, it gives me a nicer pattern so that I can actually have a separation of concerns and don't have a tight coupling between my UI framework and my logic in the worker. So there's many aspects to it. And I feel like people need to be more after the context. So whenever somebody asks me, which I sometimes feel like, should I be using this or this? Because I heard this is faster. It's like I was like, what's the context? What are you trying to do and what are you working on? Because that is that makes and breaks a decision yeah. that you're working on. Right? Yeah. So double topic. So what's your conclusion? Uh, <laughs> it depends. It depends. Good. It's a good conclusion. That is the <laughs> correct conclusion from most things. So yeah. I'm <laughs> man, I'm really tired. I'm so tired. Um, but one of the things that we put on our notes before coming here. Um, that we got together very quickly this morning. I I looked at the notes, and mm -hmm. I was like, huh, I've already put that on the notes. Good. But I was like, that's not how I would write that. That's not how I would say that. And so at the time I said to you, are you talking about, like, it, it, does it spoil it if I say what the title is? No. no. Are you going to talk about radio alphabets? Is that, is that? Yeah, like, I, I wanted to talk about that. Is, I had is, like, is that experience. What, well, I said, that, is, is that what I would call um, the phonetic alphabet? Like the, and you, yeah. And I was like, Actually, and I, I had to, I wanted to talk about it as well, <laughs> and so we never um, had this before. Where we, and especially on the on something that is not necessarily web related. Yeah, because it was just something that happened in my life, and you yeah, weren't same. there, right? Yeah, but I had the same. same I way. imagine it might even be the same story. Start, I'm excited. Start. Go, you go for it. I'm All right. So I um, my name is Soma. Yes, it is. As you might know, yeah. people don't know how to spell it when you say Soma. The captions for our previous video thought you were Jake and I was Soma, <laughs> so it's helpful for you to say that. That's good. Um, and so when I moved here. I realized that I had a very specific way of telling people how to spell my name mm. that wouldn't work here. Because for some reason, yeah. Germany has its own radio alphabet, its own phonetic alphabet that you use when you're on the phone and spelling oh. to people. I imagine it's in German. It is. Ah. For some reason, it uses 
it consists of a German first name for every letter of the alphabet, a very German first name. For, oh, for... So instead of like, so what we're talking about, like there's the NATO radio alphabet, just like Alpha, Beta, Charlie, Delta yep. thing, yep. right? Um, but in Germany, it's, it's first names. So in Germany, when I spell a name, I would say Siegfried Ulrich Richard Martha Anton. <laughs> Uh, and so I moved. And it is the S, Surma. <laughs> Siegfried. Siegfried. Oh, Siegfried. you should have made it Surma. It's easy to say. Anton. Oh, no, there's female names. I was wondering if it's all male names, but there's, some, there's female names in there. Oh, that's good representation. That's, that's important. <laughs> um, so when I moved here and I had my first, like, I called probably the board to sign up for council tax or whatever, I realized they asked for my name. It's like, I have no idea how to spell my name. And so since then, I have the NATO Wikipedia arc, uh, article on the alphabet in my bookmarklets because oh, okay. by now I can spell my own name. Yes. Sierra Uniform Romeo Mike Alpha. Yeah. But I still don't know it because I'm so used to the German. I never learned the other one. And it's so hard to memorize it if you don't use it you, every day. You, you are absolutely correct. And, it's, and this, is, this is what happened to me is I was on the phone to, I, I think it was an insurance company or something. And I was spelling, it might have been getting pet insurance and I was spelling the name of an animal or something. <laughs> I, I can't, but whatever. But I, you know, um, I, I, I went straight in for phonetic alphabet because these yeah. things are, you know, difficult. That's what there for. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't have the bookmarklet. <laughs> I do it from memory. Oh. So I did like I'm just going to make up some things. I did. As a Romeo Hotel Foxtrot, and I didn't know the next one. Moxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing like, the first time. I made up words because I couldn't find it quick yeah. enough in the list. So I was like, oh, that's that's L for for. For Lyme? I, I, well, I think what I actually did was I, I fall back to the other alphabet that I knew, the one I learned when I was a child. So I was like, M as in monkey. <laughs> and all of a sudden... Hey, it's what, for apples. Apple, I feel this small. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, yeah. It reminds me I that, that, that the, um, the compression they use for talking on the phone is highly optimized to how you perceive voice. Yeah, so it needs a human brain to be decodable. Is that right? Yeah, like it's it's so hard. Co it's compression is so hard that it's basically indistinguishable. It's just on the border of being able to be parsed by a human brain, which yeah, is I think why we need these kind of phonetic alphabets because sometimes when they sound very similar, you can still say it's one of these letters, but you don't know what because it's so compressed and that we had to find words to make it ah. unique. I mean, th but that alphabet was predates. Well, it means phone, like phone compression, like it, it's it, it, it analog well, from the analog. Sure, yeah, that was just like noise and everything on the wire, I guess, or right. on the radio. But yeah, yeah. I just found it really interesting that they have a compression algorithm that mm. just discards so much data that you're just on the verge. Of so, so before before we go, oh, we're going. Okay. Well, I feel we've done. We I didn't think we'd do an hour. I mean, we were really helped out by your New York. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I did want to get your opinion on a um a, a moral issue. Oh, so I, w I was on the train. <laughs> Sorry, bad start. Last time you had wet pants when you were on the train. Yeah, yeah, I, I get the train quite frequently, so most of my <laughs> issues, yes, and the wet pants. I think we mostly agreed on the wet pants issue, so I'm... It's, I was not on board with the smelling, but... Oh, yeah, that's true. Throwback yeah. to episode number something, I don't know. It, who knows at this point, I can't remember. It's not one of the recent ones that no, I was listening to time and time again on the app. Um, man next to me mm -hmm. got up to leave the train. How dare he? And as he got up, two pound coin on the seat. Ooh. Shiny two pound coin. Mm -hmm. Do you take it or do you stop him? That is the question that I, that 
I faced myself, and I now. How do you do that? How do you face yourself? Um, mirror. Ah, <laughs> handy. I always carry a mirror <laughs> around just for when I need to face myself. That's handy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse me, sir. I need you to stand there. Uh, just wait a minute. I, I need to face myself. I know you have to go, but like, it just. Jake, <laughs> need your help. Who is the prettiest of them all? <laughs> so, this quandary. What do you do? Did the man look wealthy? Like, did he like business suit kind of thing? I mean, he's clearly commuting, so he mm. has he has commuter money. Um, I probably would do a very low effort attempt at stopping him. Stopping him, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. so, so, excuse me. Oh, he left. Let me add another detail to the story. <laughs> he only had one leg. <laughs> 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 uh, that's why it fell out. <laughs> no, 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 two legs, two legs. Um, uh, I know this. Because you saw him. Because I was very much aware of his legs because he was a manspreader. Oh, no, the, you take the two pounds. The most extreme manspreader I've ever seen. Like, his legs were, like, more than 180 degrees. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense. But, like, it, 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 he, he looked like a bad child's drawing. Was like, there, he just sort of... Was there an exorcist like, in front of him? <laughs> Like things could have been worse if he just put his legs up on my lap <laughs> and just <laughs> hey sugar draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. I felt like it was tax. Yeah, I uh, think that's tax. absolutely fair. Yeah, that's, so, so, you, so you took them. Took, took two Did you spend them already? No, I've kept it. I kept it. I put it in my you drawer. Friend them. So I, I and I open the drawer and go. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I showed you. I got you two pounds. Yeah, well, when I should have just maybe mentioned it at the time. Nope. Nope, I got him back though, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you really showed him. He will have learned his lesson. I was just bad. I'm really bad for like, just sitting there fuming, thinking, this man must have, like, he must have at least another two pounds. I think if your testicles are that big, get one removed. You don't need two. If, that, if you just have one giant testicle, and then at least you could close your legs a bit. I, don't, I, I find it interesting, but where does it come from? Like his testicle. No, I know that. Pretty I, mean, I don't know where his testicle. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Like, where does the tendency come from? Like, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've never. Is it like a whole making you big gesture? Like, it's a very I'm archaic the... caveman-like instinct. I think it might be. Like, sort of, yeah, taking over the I'm chair. Big. I'm strong. Yeah, me have my chair and your chair too. I, I think it Especially is. Especially on the tube tomorrow and uh, on, on morning on the tube, where it's like everyone is commuting yeah. and people are already like like Tokyo like. Crammed in, and then it's like one person like, yeah. Well, hang on. If you're spreading your legs standing up, I think that's no, I mean, like different. <laughs> people are already standing because there's no <laughs> seats left. Someone is just power stancing <laughs> in the middle of the tube. <laughs> I like to spread my legs so I can cope with the uh, changes in motion without holding on. I've actually, I actually do that. Do you ever do that? If it's a quiet with, tube, yeah, you just you, you adopt try the to skiing it and try yeah. to like bent, bent, act bent in the curves, ski stance, silver, silver, yeah, it's yeah, I do that. We're yeah. weird. We should go away. We should go. <laughs> this is probably one of the oddest episodes. Oh, yeah. It will be... Well, next time we'll have Chrome Dev Summit to talk about. Uh, so that's a lot of material. And everything that went wrong. There, oh, I really hope it goes I'm still okay. hoping... Like, we're doing... I think we can say that. The, the, a new version of the Big Web Quiz. A new version of the Big Web Quiz. Um, so we have the fears all over again if the backend is going to hold up or not. And Different if the backend is going to work. If you've seen the Big Web Quiz or from... CDS 2016? Yeah, well, IO 2017. As well. But I think yeah. it worked fine there. Yes. In 2016, we had the first attempt and like login locked just us failed. out. Just they, We used our quota within a second. Yeah. And then we had to escalate. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fixed it. Oh. That was exciting. That was exciting. So yeah, we could have all the same stuff again. We're using the same login API, which is the correct one, the one we switched so, to. So that one might um, be, might not be the problem. But you know, the web comes up with many other problems if it wants yeah. to. We don't have any of our seeing material if that goes down. It'd just be like that, that was Jonathan. Here is Samantha. <laughs> clap, cl clap for Jonathan leaving and Samantha arriving. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> so yeah, A for effort. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess uh, with that, I'll we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye bye. bye. bye.